I actually changed the sermon this morning. And uh, we actually talk about what it means to be uh, slain or filled with the Spirit. And uh, in fact, I heard an African uh, pastor one talk one time. He came from Africa as a missionary, and and he said, "I don't know why you Americans call it slain." He's like, "Nobody's dying. It just just fell in the Spirit. That'll work." But anyway. Um, we're going to receive the offering, and we're going to jump into this sermon. Thank you so much for your, your generous giving and just your faithfulness. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to give. We pray that it will glorify you, advance your kingdom, and I pray that you would just fulfill your word, that you bless every cheerful giver in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Well, um, hey, we're going to celebrate a couple that is here every single week, but I don't see them here, and they might be out of town so I think I'm going to wait till next week. But just in case I'm missing them, is Ray and Janet Hewitt here? And maybe they're just hiding over there by chance? Because they always sit right there by Todd, right where in the area where Todd is. Are they here? Well, anyway, we'll celebrate them next week. But they're, they're the serve team member that I want to celebrate today. They do an amazing job in our booth. In fact, can you just turn around and just thank the crew, Lonnie, Ryan, all these guys that are getting, keeping everything going with audiovisual. There's all kinds of serve teams, and you can check those out by going to the path or simply going to serve.rockofgrace.org. Uh, again, just want to say thank you so much for serving. By the way, speaking of serving, we had 800 balloons given away, some cool moments of prayer at the Trumbull, or at the Cortland Fair. And then also uh, 30 people came out and helped build beds, and we partnered with other churches. And isn't it cool that the church being the church and loving people and serving the community, I know it's not the clickbait, it's not what you're going to see on Dateline, but come on, give Jesus praise for the church being the church. Amen? All right, so again, I had this sermon all, I was excited and I was talking about different things of the spirit realm and then I was like, oh, uh, the kids are in there. So 90% of this would be inappropriate for kids. And so I discovered the loving challenge of the Lord. Uh, thank you. Don't you love when the Lord puts you in like a dilemma? He's like, you're going to have to trust me. There's no other option. And so uh, what I felt like the Lord said was to uh, preach this sermon that I preached at fall conference last year, but I reworked it a lot. Um, for today, and I remember driving home from the conference thinking, Lord, I really want everybody at our church to hear this message. Um, and we only had about 70 from our church, about 70 or 80 from the community that night. And I remember thinking that. So today's that day. But we're talking about what to do with the word from God. Has anybody, let me just ask, has anybody ever had someone maybe at the prayer team or the altar team or just a Christian brother or sister share something with you? And you, it's, like, it's like you knew God was speaking to you. And sometimes it was just a picture. Sometimes it's just an encouragement. But you know God's speaking with you. And now you're like, now what do I do? Has anybody ever? Yeah, exactly. We've all had that. And what I want to do is kind of provide some teaching scripturally around that. And I want to say a couple things right off the bat. This is, the, in fact, here's the thing you're going to hear all day. The more you talk with God, the more you'll know his voice. The more you know his voice, the more you'll love him and the miracles you'll see. You're going to hear me say that over and over today. That's what I want you to hear. In fact, can we all maybe say it out loud? Here we go. The more you talk with God, the more you'll love his voice. The more you know his voice, the more you'll love him and the more miracles you'll see. You see, even in a room this big, Danielle, my wife, my awesome wife, could walk in and I would hear her voice. And if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. You know that voice so well. I mean, how many of you who are married have been at a gathering and your, your spouse comes in and you hear them? Why does their voice rise to the top among every other voice? 
right? Why? Because you know that voice. You spent countless hours with that voice. I've spent countless hours with Danielle, so I know her voice inflections. I know her tone. So the minute she comes in the room, first of all, I'm still infatuated with her. I'm like, oh, she's so pretty. And I kind of lose my train of thought. But come on, Franklin's like, he got felt a witness on that one. But yeah, you know, that, that, that too. But I really, I hear her voice and I can, I recognize that's my wife, my wife entered, right? That is the same way you can know God's voice, right? And I'm telling you, the very simple best way to know God's voice is to spend time with God. Spend time talking to God, and I promise you, he will begin talking to you. So what do I mean talking? How does this whole thing begin? Well, real quick, some good theology to give us a foundation of doctrine here is salvation. He invites us with the same Spirit's voice. That voice that I'm talking about, that's the, that's the voice that you heard in salvation. How many of you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Just curious. All right? It's the vast majority of you. Did you know in that moment, that was the Spirit of Jesus Christ, right? Also called the Holy Spirit. Some translations, will, you'll see Holy Ghost. It's the voice of God inviting you into God's family. It's the voice of God convicting you of sin and causing you to repent of your sin. I'm broken, I'm lost, I'm sinful, I need a change. How many of you guys remember feeling that? When, yeah, exactly, right? All right, that's the same voice that convinces us to trust him. It's the spirit that persuades us into the love of God, and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Got to pray with someone last week before the sermon even happened about trusting God. So sanctification, he continues to speak to us, listen, by the same Holy Spirit. Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit that teaches us to stop sinful habits that harm us. And I want to say it's progressional. It's progressional. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen somebody get saved and the next day they quit smoking, gossiping. <laughs> they quit thinking wrong. They quit, you know, it's progressional. The Holy Spirit is teaching you, all right, how to love Jesus. And is anybody still in a process of becoming like Jesus? Is anybody still being taught? Okay. And, and if your friend's not raising his hand, say, your problem is pride. Just tell him right now. All right? I told somebody in a text last week, humility is my greatest quality. It is. Um, I'm sure of it. <laughs> Sorry. I love dry humor. All right. He teaches you to stop thinking like a victim. Right? He teaches you to start thinking like a victor in Christ. As you read the word, you become, more, uh, un you become more understanding of who Jesus is and his power over all things. And you start bringing his kingdom to earth. So today is talking about what to do with that voice. And I don't know about you, but I am so thankful for that voice. I had a beautiful moment last week with the young lady, right? She was right over here at the time, but right after the sermon and encouraged her, right? And it's like, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I hear these conversations happening all the time in our church. I walk past them and I can hear them happening. I can walk past and say, oh my gosh, how did you know, how did you know to pray for me today? How did you know to say that? That's God's voice, so again, according to the Bible, my job is not just teach you the gospel that Jesus died not only for you, but as you. Taking your sin and your punishment and giving you freedom from sin, freedom from the punishment of sin, and an eternal life in the peace and presence of God. Right? We're going to talk about that a little bit later at the end too. 
But that's the gospel, but it's also my job to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So I'm going to do my best to do that. What is a word from God? I'm glad you asked. It's likely in a church culture like ours that you've received a prophetic word or a word of knowledge. There's different kinds of words Paul talks about. A word of knowledge is simply knowing something, right? Whereas a prophetic word tends to be more like something that's going uh, to happen. And sometimes it's progressional. And it's, it's so cool. We'll talk about that more. But many times... Uh, and I, I know we have a lot of new people in our church family among all three campuses. So I, want, so I want to let you know, a lot of times there's a lot of denominations that believe in cessationism, which means the gifts ceased with the death of disciples. The problem is Jesus never said that. Jesus was never like, yeah, all right, in about 30 years, all of this ends. <laughs> Did, has anybody ever read that where Jesus, you know, he's ascending. He's like, by the way, it's only you. No, he said... He said that greater things you'll do. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit and you'll hear my voice. He'll teach you everything about me and remind you of everything I have said. Right? And he is the good shepherd according to John 10. He wants to speak to you. Right? So many people, it's kind of funny, don't believe in prophecy until it happens. You know? Has any of you ever not, just, just, be, real, just be real with me, you had struggled with spiritual gifts thing and then you saw it firsthand, you're like, oh my gosh, it's real. Right? Somebody was just telling me about this recently. I had prophesied to them and I kept saying the same phrase. And then she's like, that's tattooed on my back. I'm like, that's crazy. I didn't know that. But God was confirming something in her life. I want to say God was confirming something. Do you know God is personal and thoughtful? He's personal and thoughtful. He cares deeply about the things Courtney's thinking about praying through, the things Donna's thinking about praying through. He cares and he knows, so he will send someone to encourage you with a word. So a word is there to encourage you. And I'll give you some context here. I want to put this on the screen. A word can be a dream while sleeping. I'm just trying to give you kind of a, an overall umbrella here. It can be a vision while awake. It can be prophecy, someone shares something with you. There's something I kind of call two times confirmed prophecy. If I hear the same prophecy twice, then I know God's trying to get my attention. Is anybody else like a slow learner? If God tells you the same thing through the third person, you're like, okay, God, I'm listening now. Right? Whenever I hear the same word two or three times, then I really, I'm not taking five minutes in prayer. Now I'm, I'm taking an hour. I'm taking three hours. I'm saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? With this word. And unexpected, and the reason I put that there is because there's a lot of things that is an unexpected word. And then sometimes it's just a thought. It's just between you and God. All right? So what do I mean? A dream, God can give you a dream. I have so many stories of this. I never had God speaking to me in my dream life until the last year, a uh, year and a half. And uh, I, for the sake of time, I don't have stories, I don't have time to share those right now. But I want to tell you, God can speak to you in your dream life. I've had many people telling us that right at, uh, around a meal at our house uh, lately, that God speaks to you in your dream life. How many of you guys realize sometimes that's the only time you're sitting still? Because a lot of you, you get in the elevator and you have to open social media, right? So we were going to talk about addictions, but we'll save that for later. <laughs> oh, see, you guys got spared today. All right. 
It's funny when people say, I'm not addicted. The second at a spotlight, if you have to, a uh, stoplight, if you have to open social media, if you're going to the bathroom and you're looking at social media, my friend, you're addicted. And you're the only one that doesn't know. But anyway, we'll talk about it another day. All right, open up your Bibles to Joel chapter 2. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, that was for me. Don't you love when the pastor slips something and you're in and you're like, oh, couldn't you have left that out? It's happened to me many times. All right, Joel chapter 2. If you got your Bibles, you can read it with me or y'all can read it on the screen. Uh, yeah, let's actually all read it together. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit. I will show you wonders in the heavens and on the earth. What is God saying there? There is no favoritism in who he pours out his spirit through. No favoritism. And if you don't believe me, I had a special needs uh, person one time prophesy to me. I promise you right now. It's the third time I received the exact word. And it was through a special needs person all in the same weekend. Do you know God loves each of you the same? He loves each of you the same and he'll work through each of you as long as he just said, I just want to be a willing vessel. All right? So visions. I want to tell you a story. Who loves a good story, right? I know the kids are in here. So uh, and some, who's, who's just a big kid? Come on. You're, like, you're still like, I'll put on, you know, Winnie the Pooh right now. Actually, that voice is so smooth, soothing. Anyway, ADD. I, uh, sometimes a, a vision happens when you just see a picture. You see, you, you see that word vision and you might think, in fact, let's go to the next slide if you don't mind, media team, about the kind of the optional ways. Yeah. So these are just some way A vision. I had a young man, his last May or June, he was walking by and I just, I, I just had a feeling like we were going to talk. And so I said, hey, you know, I'm Jordan, what's your name? And uh, so we started talking and we were talking for about, I don't know, five, ten minutes. And I said, man, can I just pray for you? And the minute I started praying, I saw him giving away a keyboard. Now, why would I picture that? Is it because I had bad pizza? No. I'm a child of God just like you're a child of God. So when something like that unique happens, when God is prompting you to pray, to invite God into the situation, and then you have a picture of something unique, that's God. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's God. Now listen, before I tell you the rest of the story, I, just, I know what some of you just did. Some of you just said, well, I'm a mechanic, I'm not a pastor. I'm in agriculture, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a degree. Psst, you don't have to be a pastor. Levi had, uh, also known as Matthew, he, he was a tax collector. These other guys, fishermen. Luke was a doctor. Remember he said, I'll pour out my spirit in all flesh, men and women. Men and women. <clears throat> Church of God, men and women. But listen, all flesh. Everybody say, all flesh. And so I said, you know, I just saw a picture of you giving a keyboard away. And the Lord wants to tell you, he's going to give you that keyboard back. He's like, whoa. And we just had this awesome encounter. Because he was just now seeking God, really seeking God. And he had been in church for years, but now he was really seeking God. You know you can go to church and not seek God. Does everybody, did you know that? Right? Well, he was really starting to seek God. And here he had just given away his keyboard that he loved. And then months later, he, you know, the word was that months later, God will give you back a keyboard. And we were talking on Friday night, and that just happened. And God is fulfilling the word. 
So a prophecy can confirm to you, I would say confirm, confirm that you are hearing his voice. It confirms to you what God's trying to do in your life. Okay, turn your neighbor and say, confirm. All right, turn to that same neighbor and say, encourage. Encourage. Turn to that neighbor because I need a break and say, confirm and encourage. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong. My voice is very dry. I think I was singing a lot. All right, confirm and encourage. Um, it confirms what God's trying to do in you. It confirms what God's trying to teach you. The word will confirm what God wants you to do. So to me, when a word is spoken, especially two or three times, now I know it's an assignment of which I'm to steward. So if you're taking notes, I want you to hear me. A word, especially when it's confirmed two or three times, at least in my understanding, I would imagine God is trying to make me a good steward of that word. You see, good stewardship is giving God more than he gave you. So if you get two, you give God back four. If you get five, you give God back ten. All right, so say this with me. Stewardship is giving God back more than he gave you. Here's the thing about a word. A word encourage you, encourages you to do that. A word encourages you to take a step of faith. A word encourages you to do something with that thing that God's trying to tell you to do. I have so many examples of this, but I'll give you one. I was kind of like, so I had these books uh, in, in my laptop, uh, five that were been, had been written, and I was like, no, you know, these, these are just, uh, maybe this is just a sermon, and I should, I should maybe not worry about that, and, uh, you know, just focus on this or that. And I was starting, but the thing is, I was actually being uh, defeated in my thinking. I was actually thinking, I'm, I can't do that. I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not organized to do that. I have to force myself to be organized. Is anybody the natural creative type and you have to force yourself to be organized? Just three of us. Great. The rest of you, you wake up at six. You're already fishing for dinner. Come on. Let's be a little more honest now. How many of you force yourself to be organized, but it is not natural? Can I get a witness? Thank you. I see that hand. Will, I'll also see you at the altar. Just kidding. Right, we force ourselves. And I went to this service, and this guy called us out. We were eight hours away. He did not know who I was. He starts prophesying to Danielle, there's so much mommy in you. You're going to be such a mommy, blah, 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 blah. And we're both, you know, feeling it. Right? And then he's like, and there's books in you. And he's like, you love to read, but God says, I'm going to make you a writer. And you need to write those books. And there's a message in you. Now, I felt convicted now. Because now that was the second person that told me that. And I was like, Lord, it's very hard. And it is a labor of love. Remember the first one is labor of love. You know what it means? It means a lot of not NFL. Poor me. Does anybody love NFL? Sometimes the fall, come on, go Browns. Any Steelers fans? You too can be forgiven. You know what I'm saying? You, you too. There's a place at the altar for you, Mick. I'll call you out by name. But seriously, I, was, I felt convicted because it. God was trying to tell me, though, you told me you want to be a good steward, and I've given you this. Right? So a word encourages us to do something with what God is telling us to do. 
How many has ever had that happen where God confirmed something in your life? Raise your hand nice and high. Oh, man, that's awesome. Man, this is a Pentecostal bunch. All right. That is awesome. So what is the purpose of a word? The purpose of a word, we already talked about a little bit, to confirm, to encourage. But let me say it like this. It's to encourage you to trust God, to step out, to expand his kingdom. Gives courage. Paul said it like this. It edifies. It builds up. How many of you, when you received a word, you felt encouraged? You're like, oh, man, God can do that in my life. Right? Will and I and Noel and I, we have multiple uh, times when we've encouraged each other. These two in particular somehow know when I'm having a day. Anybody else just have, just like a couple times a year, you just got a pretty bad day. You know, and you need that encouragement. And what happens? Holy Spirit prompts someone to call you, to prophesy, to lift up your face. Amen? Amen? All right. Here we go. Let's go fast forward version. Here we go. What to do with the word. Number one, hear the word. You say, isn't that obvious? No. Because you can't, you can't hear a word if you're not positioned to hear a word. Come on, I can't hear Danielle speak unless I come home to Danielle. So position yourself to hear a word. Sometimes when you're praying through something, you need counsel. Go up to the altar team and say, you know what, I just need a word from the Lord. I just want to pray with you today. So position yourself. Number two, test the word. Faith comes by hearing, but test the word, the Bible says. Test it against the alignment of God's word, of God's ways, his character. Number three, believe the word. Now this is where it gets hard. Number four, obey the word. Now how many guys would say, hearing is the easy part? How many guys ever heard a word of encouragement like, yes. And then Monday comes, God's like, okay, now do it. Because sometimes the word is also challenging, right? Sometimes the word it, that God gave to you, whether it's through prophecy or whether it's just you to him, is he saying, hey, I want you to give, you know, money to this person. Like, Lord, I hear you. Uh, I don't want to obey you. But then when you do, miracles happen. Miracles are always on the other side of faith. Miracles are always on the other side of faith. And when you hear the word and you believe the word and then you obey the word, miracles happen. King David, I want to tell you a story. He was about to fight this battle. And God told him to wait to hear the sound of wind in the balsam trees. Now you might say, that's a little strange, right? That wasn't in a book that he got at the library on how to win a war. And sometimes the, the word, please hear me, is strange. Can anybody resonate with that? Sometimes the word is strange. I mean, can you imagine if you're David, you're the general, you're, you're leading all these men and you're going to, you come up, right? They all, they all have been trained in their military might with throwing spears or bow and arrow, right? Or whatever, sword fighting. And he's like, guys, God gave me a word. We're going to hear some wind. It's going to be like really windy. <laughs> and then we're going to go. What do you all think? Why does he do that? I think he's testing our humility. He's testing whether we will say yes and do it and just do it. Come on, somebody needs some Nike in your life. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, just do it. I want to tell you real quick about when Jesus' first miracle. We talked about it about three weeks ago, but I want to summarize it up for you. He goes to this wedding in Cana, right? Very first miracle, they run out of wine. And that's very embarrassing in that culture. So Mary, Jesus' mom, says, you got to do something about it. Go turn that water into wine. Jesus is like, woman. It's a true story. He doesn't say mom. He says woman, right? No, it's not my time. But how many of you guys know a woman, a mom, how many of y'all know? Just do what she says. Come on. <laughs> right? Maybe, I, I just like to picture a little, little Mary like, Jesus, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> right? And Jesus is like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, do what mom says. So he does it, but guess what? He includes the servants. And God wants to include you in the miracle. He includes the servants and he says, go fill these with water. He takes this water and it turns it into wine. I want to say again, how many of you, I should have opened the sermon with this. How many of you want to see miracles in your life? Okay. It begins with a word. Position yourself to hear a word. Spend that time in prayer. When you hear the word, believe it. Yes, God can do that in my life. Then obey it. And then miracles are on the other side of obedience. Come on, this is so simple. But hear me, all the kids, if you are under 12, I want you to stand up. Just pop up out of your seat right now. Under 12, pop up. That's right. I like that dance, dude. That was cool. How'd you? What just happened? Sorry, I grew up in the 80s. Too legit to quit? Salt and pepper? No? Okay. <laughs> Everybody over 40 is like, I get it. All right. Do you know God can use you? Do you know God can use, yeah, but don't look over, don't look over there. Look right here. God can use you. God can use that musical gift. God can use your voice. God can use your, your generosity, your smile. Right? God can use you. Yes, you. God can use you. You may be seated. Doesn't matter how old you are. How many ever told God this lie? Well, I'm already past my time. I get AARP and I get Wendy's for 50 cents now, so God can use me. Stop with that. Stop with that. I know, because you're like, no, I can go, I can get a Frosty for 78 cents. It doesn't stop the fact that God can use you. Right? God can use you. Doesn't matter how gray you are. If you're gray, now listen, if you are gray, you got gray hair, come on, stand up to your feet right now and own it, claim it. Own it right now. Don't be ashamed of it. I got some gray in my beard. I'll stand up. If you got gray, come on, stand up. I want you guys to celebrate these men of faith. These are the pillars in, in the women, in the women. <laughs> All right, you may be seated. Now the problem is our next generation directors were the last people to stand up. So there's some honesty we're going to deal with in Nathan's life. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan's like, well, if everybody else is, fine. What's my point? God can give you a word. Now, sometimes it takes a lot of prompting and kicking. Does anybody else need like two, five, ten kicks to finally obey? I was in Bible college, and Jody Harrington, if you're listening, <laughs> probably not, but if you are, Pastor Richard Crisco's his assistant, Jody, 
All right, so I was mentored with him um, for two years, and his assistant, Jody, she came up to me, I mean, probably 15 times. And here I am, I'm already a verbal person, I'm a people person, but it's still, I was scared to death about this thing called prophecy. And they didn't really teach about it, talk about it at, in the school or at the church. But she kept seeing that in me, and she kept knowing what I was knowing the minute I was knowing it. Come on, that's weird. And she kept coming up to me and she said, I know you have a word for that girl over there in the green shirt. You should go give it to her. And I'm like, what, what? How did you know? I just thought that. She's like, I know. That's called the prophetic. And you have it. And you need to use it. And I'm like, I don't want to. That's weird. I don't want to be weird. Is there anybody else? You just don't want to be weird. Come on, stand up if you don't want to be weird. Because we're going to wrap this thing up. I know. You guys got, you got things to do. Come on, stand on up. Because the Lord knows he can use a sermon that's 30 minutes. He doesn't need an hour. Come on, just stand up. Don't say amen to that, Donna. <laughs> Listen. How many of you hear a sermon like this and you say, but Jordan, because I know, I heard what you thought. See, that's the thing about the prophetic. I don't, no, I don't, it's, not, it's not like that all the time. Hear me. You, some of you thought, I don't want to be weird. Who doesn't want to be weird? Come on. You say, I don't want to be weird. I'm not saying be weird. I'm not saying you change your voice. In fact, let me give you some, some shepherding pastoral advice. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord of the God of Hebrew children. You don't have to say any of that. That's not how you talk. Right? So when I talk with Pastor Ed and we talk, I don't change my voice or my verbiage or vocabulary to try to impress him. You know God doesn't need you to try to impress him. You don't need to try to impress that person. Just be obedient and just talk like you talk, right? Just talk like you talk and let the spirit flow through you. Now you say, why devote a whole sermon to prophecy? I'm not. I'm devoting a whole sermon to obeying the word of the Lord because sometimes the word of the Lord is to pray for someone who is sick. He's not feeling well, Right? And you might say, well, what if I see someone that, you know, has got a bum leg, but I don't hear like a word and I don't see a vision. That's still a sign that you should pray for them. You say, where's your sign? Mark 10. They shall do, you will go about healing the sick, raising the dead. Right? Turn to your neighbor and say, here's your sign. Come on, look them in the eye and say, I just gave you a word. Do it. I want the altar team and the prayer team to go to the sides. I want to invite the worship team to come up. And these guys have a lanyard, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, again, that they all know Hebrew and this and that. But they have been trained, and they've been following Jesus for a long time. I want to reiterate something that Mick said that I thought was actually a perfect timing for a testimony like that. They're never going to push you down. If you say, I want to feel the presence of God, I want a word from God, we, you will never get pushed down. In fact, if you are, we'd like to know because we don't want, that's not our policy. We're very gentle. We'll ask, can I put a hand on your shoulder? Or is it okay, right, if I pray with you? But you'll never be spit on or pushed down. But you will be encouraged in your faith. And I want to ask you this morning, if you say one of two things, right? One, I need a word in my life. I have had a lot of discouragement and a certain issue right now. 
and I could use the encouragement, I could use the Spirit of God, the voice of God to encourage me. If that's you, go find a prayer team member. Or two, if you say, I want to be used, I want to be used in the prophetic. I want God's love to flow through me to encourage people. Go ahead and go to the side. All right? And I'm praying that a hunger rises up in you. Don't wait for somebody else. Don't wait for somebody else. If you say, I want to be used in the prophetic, I want God to flow through my life. I want his love to encourage and to confirm people through me. And just tell that prayer team partner, just tell them, nice and clear, just say, you know what, I need encouragement, I need a word. And don't rush this process. It's beautiful to see all of you guys get in prayer, so many of you guys get in prayer. The more you talk with God, the more you'll know his voice. The more you know his voice, the more you'll love him and the more miracles you'll see. And I don't know about you, but I wanna see miracles. I wanna hear God's voice. I wanna hear God's voice. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be a good steward. I gotta be honest with you, I was a disobedient steward until Jody Harrington gave me about 15 spiritual kicks in the butt. And she kept lovingly, patiently teaching me, if God's given you a, a, a picture for somebody, something to say, just go say it. Don't complicate it, just go say it, and it will encourage them. I want everybody to stand up to your feet. 